guys, so we're back with another episode of Taco Imposters. Um, yeah, I don't, okay, let me be really honest with you, whenever I start these, these podcasts, I never have anything to talk about, ever. And I, I randomly end up just talking about stuff, so, just randomly, like, so. Like, I, I, like I usually look at what other people do, like, the, 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 the people, the other podcasts I listen to, I listen to Strike Back pod and I listen to the CU podcast and um so I looked at what they were talking about and, ta- and see uh Strike Back pod is talking about uh, there's another Indiana Jones movie and I was like there's another Indiana Jones movie why isn't isn't Harrison Ford like 80 how old is Harrison Ford again cause look Harrison Schritt. Ford age 77. He does not look like he should be making movies anymore. He looks really old and really... Oh, that's that's interesting. I just looked up his age, 77, and then there's something here. What is Harrison Ford's real name? Harrison Ford was born on July 13th, 1942 in Chicago, Illinois, to Dorothy... Nettleman and radio actress, a radio actress, and Christopher Ford. Oh, and actor turned, an actor turned advertising executive. His father was an Irish German actor. Wait, are they saying that Christopher Ford was born John William Ford, or he was born John William Ford? That's confusing. Cause read, read the sentence, says sir. Born in Illinois to Dorothy. N- Nettleman, a, a radio actress, and Christopher Ford, born John William Ford. So is he born? Plus, his father was born John William Ford. Okay. Anyway. Oh, he's not dead. Is John William is is. I'm confused now. Well, no, because it's just as her dead. And it's not, I don't know what that was. Wait. Is Harrison Ford still alive? I think so. I believe so. Is Harrison Ford dead? I found these results. Yeah, okay, he's still alive. Yeah, okay. Yeah, because if you just did that movie, uh, Call of the Wild, and I looked at it, saw him in that movie, and I was like, or the trailer, I didn't watch the movie. I haven't seen the movie yet. And he looked old as heck. He looked old in the last scene in the Jones movie, that the, the third one that came out. Jones four was four four four. I wanna know when that came movie that, that see that movie came out like May twenty two thousand eight. See? That came out twelve years ago. So 
Michaels that came out 12 years ago. And he looked like ridiculously old. What's the plot of that movie? And the 4 was terrible. People said 4 was awful. I didn't hate it! Again, I didn't have very good taste in movies. When's this supposed to be released? That release date is, is set for July 2021. Oh. So not this year, next year. Okay. And then, what's it about? Do we have any synops? Synopsis. The father adventure of Daredevil archaeologist Indiana Jones. Indiana Jones 5 synopsis. Esta parta. Oh, no, it's in Spanish. Synopsis. Why is this in a different language? The possibility of Indiana Jones 5 continued to be discussed through 2009 and 2010. Reports no, not a goal. Indiana Jones 5 cast release date. Uh, everything you need to know about Indiana Jones 5, including cast, release date, delays, trailers, plots, what's it say? Okay. Indiana Jones 5 cast, release date. Yeah, fine. Yeah. It's been 11 years since the much... When is this written? 2019. So yeah, it's been 12 years since... It's been 12 years since the much... Melanid 4th Indiana Jones movie... Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, released in cinemas, and in that d decade plus, there has been much talk of of a still yet to materialize Indiana Jones 5. No, it's already coming! At the time, the people discussing the project were all familiar to Indiana Jones fans. Writer George Lucas, director Steven Spielberg, and its star Harrison Ford have all spoken about the fifth film in some capacity, but this was all speculative in the void. There was even chatter about a potential franchise reboot. However, in 2016, the fifth Indiana Jones movie was officially confirmed. Yes, yeah, see, there you go. Lucas, was, Lucas, also of Star Wars fame, obviously may have created the whip-cracking archaeologist and full of, the, full of the stories he was in. But this time around, he isn't involved in the movie. Uh, Lucas is not involved in the movie? Okay. Far... Fret not. Longtime in indie director Steven Spielberg and Harrison Ford are both set to return. And despite the poor representation for Crystal Skull, its screenwriter David Koep is back to pen the new film. Legendary composer John William once again plays a theme that Ford just can't escape. So, with all that in mind, this is everything you uh, we need. We eh, everything we know about Indiana Jones Five so far, all subject to change, of course. Indiana Jones Five release date. When can I see it? With all the changes, the release date was bound to suffer intentionally. Indiana Jones Five was supposed to be released on July 2019. As well, notice this date has passed, and well, no indie. Yeah, it's. The date was shifted back. Now it's 2021. Yeah. Okay. For now, what is the date to mark the calendar? But keep... For now, that is the date to mark the calendar. But keep your eyes on the space because who knows what will happen. The delay wasn't... Wasn't wholly unexpected. Produce production was reportedly delayed due to script issues. Hopefully, with Kep back on side, things will go swimmingly now. Okay. I don't really care about all the stupid details. Uh, the script was given to this is us. Oh, whoa, whoa! In May, the script was given to this is us direct. 
Jesus Us creator, Dan Fogelman. That's three writers in three years, which, oh wait, what's on the other guy? Disney kept quiet about the delay. Okay, wait. The July, okay, let's go back. The July 9th, 2021 date was confirmed by Disney during its early May schedule release, which included the titles in it inherited when it took over Fox. Okay, right. It took Indiana Jones with it? Or was Lucasfilms... This was under Lucasfilms, wasn't it? This movie? Let me see. Uh, let me see. This was under Lucasfilms, wasn't it? Um, let me see. Lucasfilms movies. Okay. What movies were made under Lucasfilms? Let me see. Yeah, well, yeah, I know the new ones are all made under Lucasfilms when Disney bought Lucasfilms, but was that one under Lucasfilms? That's why they, they got Indiana Jones, so it's like, wait. Yeah, that's... No! Oh, sorry, go on. Lucasfilms films, okay. Yeah, okay, Indiana Jones 5 is, I know that. But Indiana Jones, Lucasfilms? Strange Magic with Lucasfilms? Em okay, there's a lot of... Star Wars Empire of Dreams? What is this? 2005, what is this? A, a movie? A Star Wars movie I've never heard of. Empire of Dreams, a story of the Star Wars trilogy extended... Per oh, okay, okay, okay. Like a... Empire of Dreams, a story of the Star Wars trilogy... It's a 2004 documentary film. Okay, it's like, what? Okay. No, we'll go back. Lucasfilms. Now they're going to tell me what Lucasfilms they made. Yeah, I know it's all made Disney now. History. Filmography, there you go. Okay, American Graffiti, yes. George Lucas. Sorry, blah, blah, blah. Universal Pictures. But this is not Lucasfilms, then. I'm confused. Star Wars, George Lucas. Year. Did you give me the year? No. Give me the growth. The net growth, though, what it, what it made. Star Wars made $15 million. And it, it cost $3 million to make. It cost $3 million to make in 1977. That's crazy. Not 79. No, 77, yeah. More American graffiti. Okay, The Empire Strikes Back. Yeah, okay. These were Lucas. George Lucas. Yeah, Lucas films. Distributor. But then who? Rotten Tomato score. Metacritic score. No. But, but what? Lucas films. LTV. I think it was. Fred. Yeah, okay. Twice Upon a Time. Okay, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. Latino Life Mishima. A Life in Four Chapters. Labyrinth. Labyrinth was a Lucasfilm. It was Jim Henson. Wasn't it? Yeah, it's Jim. Wait, wait, that says director, right? Uh, directors. Then what is this? Filmography of... I'm confused here. Franchises. American Beast, Star Wars, and Indiana Jones. Okay. Oh, Eddie George was Lucas's big uh, computer and or special effects computer. I think so. He's, he's a computerized analog 
I love how it's computerized analog. NEL, Nonlinear Editing System, which was, oh, that's what it is, Nonlinear Editing System, developed by Lucasfilm's spin-off company, the Droid Works and Convergence Corporation, who framed a joint venture company. The company existed up through the mid-80s. This is a Wikipedia reading off of, just to, just to, just to, uh, to tell you, you know, just so you know, to the early 90s in an attempt to move the analog editing method to digital. EditDroid debuted at the National Association of Broadcasters, the NBA, the NAB, 62nd annual meeting in Las Vegas in 1984. Con, what was that called? Okay, I'm getting off track. Another editing to, uh, Concreant, concreant with another editing tool that would compete with the Edit Droid for all its years, and in production, the Mantish Picture Processor, the Edit Droid was never a commercial success. And after the close of the Droid Works in 1987 and subsequent re redevelopment of the pr product for seven years. The software was eventually sold to Avid Technology in 1993. Only 24 Edit Droid systems were ever produced. Ooh, can you buy one? Edit Droid. Maybe somebody has them somewhere. Maybe in like an auction somewhere you could buy one. I wouldn't see why you'd want to buy one. Your computer can probably do like a hundred times more than that thing could do. At least features. The system is laser disc based, relying on several laser disc players and a database system which queues up the clips in the order needed from the laser disc player in the most effective way so to, as to minimize skipping. This, however, isn't always possible. So if you edit, if, if, eh, if the edits aren't sufficiently close, the system isn't always fast enough to queue up the next clip. Oh, I see. So it takes it and I love how I started with Indiana Jones, and then I moved on to the Edit Droid because I went into Lucasfilms. Yeah, so it is Lucasfilms movie, okay? But let me see. Skipping this, however, next clip. It has three screens connected to it. One Sun One computer display as the graphical UI for the product. One small preview video monitor and one large rear projector monitor, containing the cut which was controlled by a custom controller. The controller called the touchpad features a KEM-style shuttle knob, a trackball, and a host of buttons with LED labels that change in function depending on what the system was doing. The EditDroid pioneered the use of graphical displays for editing, introducing the timeline as well as digital picture icons to identify row source clips. <laughs> I don't know what... I'm not, like, super crazy into it. I'm just very easy into this. I use Mass on my phone to edit, okay? So I take the clips from this camera, which is a 360 camera, and I put it into my... Like, I can... Take the SD card. Take that. I have to convert that video, because they make them into different clips. Like, they start making different clips, which I hate. Take, after about 12 minutes, they start making another clip. Stupid, but I don't know, whatever. Then I have to convert that because it doesn't read that. Even though I'm using this as a front facing camera, right? And it would, I think it's 180? Yes. 
Anyway, and then I convert that into MP4, which it already is technically MP4, but I don't know. And then using a, a, a app called, oh, what is it? Oh, boy. What is an app called? Oh, gosh. Video Converter. I used to use a free version. I don't care. It's, it's, and then I put that into Climb Master. And so this stuff here, they're talking about this with like graphical displays and editing, introducing the timeline. I don't know which timeline. I know what timeline is, but I don't know what. As well as digital picture icons to identify row source clips. What's a row source clip? I'm sorry, I don't know. Okay, the first time I heard about this, I've heard this before, the, uh, the Edit Droid. It was a documentary on, um, on Disney Plus called, 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 Pixar, was it? The Pixar story. That's what it was. Oh my gosh, if you like, like, Disney, and you want to know the history of, like, how Pixar started, if you like Pixar, that's, this is a documentary to watch. If you have Disney+, Plus, watch, uh, the Pixar story, the Pixar story, it tells, like, everything. Everything about, I don't want to spoil it, because it's a good one. It's a good documentary, but yeah, it's, it's fantastic. And because they talked about, they're talking about the digital revolution, I guess you could say. The revolution of the, like, the digital, how it, like, just blew up after Toy Story. Because that was the first movie to be 100% made with CGI, computer-generated images. And so, it's, it's not just, like, Pixar and Pixar movie. It's, like, how the that came out. And then they start talk about, uh, the, uh, Edit Droid and stuff like that. Because Star Wars used it a bit. And I think? No. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. I'm not sure. But anyway. That's Edit Droid. Let me see. Once the entire movie has been edited, an edit decision list of, and of marked frames is turned over to a film laboratory where the actual pieces of film are spliced together in the correct order. Wait. It's based on a... Laser disc, but are you con using a? Wait, you're still using film though. Wait, where is this? It has blah blah blah. This yeah, laser disc player and a database system which queues up the clips in the order needed from the laser disc player in the most efficient way, so as to minimize skipping. Yeah, okay, but and three screens, but it doesn't tell me. No, uh, the use of graphical displays, but okay, yeah, get it. Edit Droid is obsolete by market standards, as the market for linear editing system has changed radically since its inception, with computer-based product products like Final Cut Pro ranging entirely from the consumer to professional markets. In many respects, the Edit Droid was a concept de demonstration of the future of editing, with a laser disc being a good 80s simulation of what digital access would eventually become, and an editing interface and workflow that was more like today's method than any of the videotapes linear, videotape linear 
linear or analog nonlinear linear or analog nonlinear products leading up to the Avid one in nineteen ninety. Avid one advantages and disadvantages. There are numerous advantages of using the digital editing solution over the older analog solutions such as a Moviola. Not only is it much faster to locate the clips needed, keeping track of what can can in some cases amount to a strug a staggering amount of footage is all is also much easier. Digital also editing digital also digital. Also, editing films digitally is a non destructive process destructive process. Whereas the analog process requires the actual cutting and taping together of pieces of film as well as manual syncing of sound. Oh yes, right, right, right. I knew that. Yes, okay. What was it? What was it now? Avid one. Inside the from inside from the film technology advantage of digital editing in his book In the Blink of an Eye, editor Walter Murch mourns the loss of the older analog solution. Analog editing requires the editor to frequently move back and forth and scrub in the source materials to gain an overview, thus increasing one's familiarity with it. Once undoing an edit is such a laborious process. Oh, since undoing an edit is such a laborious process, there is a high incentive to get the best edit cut the first time. This process, which is not necessary to the same extent with NEL solutions in which one edit point can be made and undone very quickly. Furthermore, laser disc has a fixed resolution whereas film can be focused to look ideal at any display rate size. Yeah, see, I don't know how that works, because I've, I've been explaining this before, that you can have, like, a 1080p film, but if it was tape, it looks like you, you can't go better. It doesn't, you can't add to it, which I don't understand, because, if you, okay, if you want to know something about that, watch the movie, uh, watch the video, um... Questing Life, what is it? Film or something? Why Film Looks Better or something? Let me see what it's called. The Westlife. Westlife. Film or something? Why Film Looks Better? What is it called? Questing Life. There, see, look. The 1990s in 1080p 60 frames a second HD. Is it the right video? Let me see. Make sure it's the right video. No, it's not this one. No. No, it's not this one. Wait, maybe it was. Let me go here. Um, let, me, let me see, let me see, let me see, let me see. Let me see. Try to see if I can find it. It is... Um, somebody explained it. I don't know who it was. Was it him? Let me start from the beginning. Here we can explore extended resolution. We can play analog 
me see if I can find it. It wasn't Westing Life. West the Westing Life. Westing Life, is that what it is? Westing Yeah, Westing Life. West Life, sorry. The West Life. No. It wasn't the West Life. No, 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 no. Or oh no no. I know what to do here. I wanna find that you know what that video is called. It's called Oh, was it, uh, tech, uh, technology connection? Technology connection. Film. Film, the reason why some of the past is in HD. Yeah, okay, that's what it's called. It's, okay, the right video is technology connections. Film, the reason some of the past was in HD. You know, that. Okay, okay. That video explains how... Why was I even talking about that? No, what was I, why did I talk about that? I was talking about that because... I was talking about... Oh yeah, here. With the fixed resolution and all that, yeah. Okay. There's the, the fixed resolution where film can be focused to look ideal at, at any display size. That was... Uh, see, I don't understand that. I understand kind of how... It's like a fixed resolution, and then this you can zoom up. But, I can't, I watched that video long, months ago, so I don't remember what the details exactly, but it was because, why? Yeah, I know. Yes, it's because it's about a, uh... C4K transfer. How does transfer work? Okay. Let me, let me Google film. Let me open another one and see film transfer. What is this one? Oh, yeah, edit right. No? Is edit right still? Yeah, okay, it's edit right still. Okay, okay. Film transfer. Not that kind of film transfer. No, not that kind. No, not transfers near me. No. How? Transferring. Film to HD works. Because I've heard of that, like, the Disney did it a lot. They'll take, like, take an old movie, or film on either film or, yeah, right? And then they'll, they'll s sell, like, a remastered version. This looks amazing. Converting 8mm, no, not the digital. 
much does it cost for transfer? No, yeah, blah, 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 come Quick, four, four. No, how do you... No, convert... Remaster. How? How? Remastering... Film works. Remastering is the process of making a new master of an album, film, or any other creation. Okay. Remastering. Remastering is the process of making a new film or a master of an album, film, or any other creation. It tends to refer to the process of porting a recording from an analog medium to a digital one, but this is not always the case. For example, a vinyl LP originally processed from a worn-out processing master, many tape generations removed from the original master recording, could be remastered and reprocessed from a better condition tape. All CDs created from an analog source are technically digitally remastered. Okay. A process of creating a digital transfer of an analog tape remaster the material in the digital domain, even if if no equalization, compression, ugh, I don't care what this is, what about film? Early stages of CD, not CD. Remastering tapes or something or something close to them can be used to make CD. No, not CD part. Music. Not film. Criticism? Film and television. Here you go. To remaster a movie digitally from DVD to Blu-ray, digital remaster... No, restoration oper operators must scan in f the film frame by frame at a resolution of at least... 248, sorry, 2,048 pixels across, referred to as 2K resolution. Some films are scanned at 4K, 6K, or even 8K resolution to be ready for higher resolution devices. Scanning uh, devices, scanning a film at 4K, a resolution of 4,900 and sorry, 4,096 or 4096 by 3092 for a full frame of film generates at least 12 terabytes of data before any editing is done. Holy freaking moly. That's insane. I guess I can press it to fit on a Blu-ray, but holy crap. Holy crow, that's a lot. 12 terabytes. Digital remasteration operators then use spell... Specialist software such as MTI's Digital Remastering System, DRS, to remove the scratches and dust from the damaged film. Restoring the film to its original color is also included in the process. Come on. As well as remastering the video aspect. The audio is also remastered using such software as Pro Tools to remove background noise and boost 
background background noise and remove and boost dialogue volume so when actors are speaking they are easier to understand and hear audio effects are also added or enhanced as well as surrounding sound which allows the soundtrack elements to be spread among multiple speakers for a more immersive experience this is wikipedia again sorry an example of a remastered film is the 1939 film The Wizard of Oz. The color portions of The Wizard of Oz were shot in, in the three-strip techno, techno color process, which in the 30s yielded three black and white negative created from red, green, and blue. Oh, that's right, RGB. Yeah. Light filters, which were used to print the cyan, magenta, and yellow portions of the film Printed color film answers print answer print. These three negatives were scanned individually into a computer system where they digitally where the digital images were tinted and combined using pro no proprietary proprietary software. The the cyan Cyan, magenta, and yellow records records had suffered from shrinkage over the decades, and the software used in the restoration morphed all three records into the correct alignment. The software was also used to remove dust and scratches from the film by copying data, for example, from the cyan and yellow record records to fix a blemish in the magenta record, restoring the movie made it possible to see processed visual details not visible on early home releases. For example, when Scarecrow says, I have a brain, burlap is noticed on his cheeks. It, also, it, it was also not possible to see a rivet between the tin man's eyes prior to the restoration. Really? Interesting. Shows that were shot and edited entirely on film, such as Star Trek, the original series, that was originally on film? Well, okay. Cannot be released in high definition without being rescanned from the original film recordings. Certain special effects were also updated to appear better in high definition. Shows that were made between the early 80s and the early 2000s were generally shot on film. When transferred to cassette tape, and then edited natively in such in either NTSC or PAL, PAL, making high definition transfers literally impossible as the standard definition resolution was baked into the film cuts of the episodes. I still don't get how they do it though. That doesn't explain how they actually do it. Okay. Okay. Star War, or Star Trek, The Next Generation is the only such show that was received a Blu-ray release. The process of making high-definition versions of an N NT of the Next Generation episodes required finding the original film clips, rescanning them into a computer at high-definition, digitally okay, definition, digitally re-editing the episodes from the ground up and re-rendering new visual effects, shots, and extraordinarily laborious. Labor-intensive ordeal, an extreme no, an extreme extraordinarily laborious intense labor-intensive ordeal that cost Paramount over twelve million dollars. 
The project was a financial failure and resulted in Paramount deciding very firmly against giving Deep Space Nine and Voyager the same treatment. Okay. Criticism. Remastered movies have been the subject of criticism. When the Arnold Schwarzenegger film Predator was remastered, it was felt that the process was over overdone, resulting in, in Schwarzenegger's skin looking waxy, as well as compl complaints about the way the picture looks. There have been other complaints about digitally, digitally fixing. One notable complaint is from the 2002 remastered version, remastered version of, of E.T. the Extraterrestrial, 1982, where director Steven Spielberg released, replaced guns in the hands of police and federal agents with walkie-talkies. A later 30th anniversary edit edition released the 2012 released in 2012 saw the return of the original scene. Okay, the thing that okay, I guess all oh, the most infamous one I'm sure is uh, Star Wars because people are like hate some of the the the. The edited ones, the remastered ones, the gold version, the this version, the that version, whatever. It's okay, okay. Canadian animator John Crickfellis of the Ren and Stimpy Show fame has become a promo prominent critic of digitally remaster digitally remastering, particularly in regards to its effect on Western animation. In his blog, John K. Sta Stuff, he has admonished, minished, ma admonished remasters for over-saturating color and sharpening lines to the point of color bleeding, among other criticisms. He has gone on record in his blog to describe remastering as digitally ruin ruination and digitally destruction. Digital destruction. Ruination and digital destruction. How do you digitally remaster a video, How do you digitally remaster a video game? Remastering a video game is more difficult than remastering a film or music recording because the video game's graphics show their age. This can be due to a number of factors, notably lower resolution and less com complicated rendering engines, usually 3D. At the time of release, while implementing new graphical technologies may also change the graphic the gameplay. As a result, remastering a video game is uncommon due to the considerable development work required. Consequently, consequently, it is preferred to do a sequel or a reboot instead. Modern computer monitors and high definition televisions tend to have higher display resolutions and different aspect ratios than the monitors monitors televisions available when the video games video game was released because of this classic games that are remastered technically have their textures updated an example of a game that has had its original graphics re-rendered re at a higher resolution is hitman hd which contains two games with high resolution graphics hitman 2 silent assassin and hitman contracts both were originally released on PC, PlayStation 2, and Xbox, original Xbox. The original resolution was 480p on Xbox, while the remastered resolution is displayed at 
P on Xbox 360. Another game remastered or re-released is Grand Theft Auto V. To take advantage of the increased processing power of the next generation consoles, PS4, Xbox One, over the original console release, PlayStation 3, Xbox 360. Right. Okay, that was done. Still don't explain how that actually works. I'm not going to read that all. Oh, you can read it on Remastered Wikipedia. How does video remaster work? Film is done from the original... Okay. Video remastering is done from an original film, not a digital file. And these films have significantly higher quality and resolution than what you see on TV. The original films are scanned into high-resolution computer files and goes through processing using the newest technology. Okay, yeah. Quora. Does it give me any more? on TV. Original films were designed to be seen on a huge theater screen, so remastering them on video is attempting to get them to the quality you would have seen in a movie theater. Okay. The original films are scanned into high-resolution computer files and go through processing using the newest technology. You can't enlarge a digital file without losing significant quality. And they don't... And they don't. They are starting... With film, the resolution being equivalent to the largest resolution image. Popular Science has a great little side sli- slideshow that simply explains the, di- the details. Have a look and click the arrows for the next screen. What is digital remastering? That should be the... the there you go. Popular Science. Okay. The Blu-ray format stores and plays movies in high definition. Easy for new folks shot, new flicks shot digitally in HD. But what about classic, classics, like Metropolis, due out on Blu-ray next year? This is this is September two thousand and eight. Okay, never mind. Okay, classics like okay, okay. What were sh- that were shot on film? The trick is to make a small digital file without losing too much information in the process. Which could yield a poor quality image. Here's how it works. Instant ex- expert launch your quick and easy premiere on just about everything. Okay, no, no, sorry. Step one. Remove dirt from the original film roll with ultrasonic all, all waves and a liquid. And fill scratches with a special liquid to make them temporarily invisible. Okay, step two. Put the film. I'll put this in this. I'll put this. Um. Oh gosh. I'll put this article from Popular Science in the description. Put the film on a scanner to make a digital image of each frame. Scanning at four thousand lines per frame is a good approximation of a thirty-five millimeter colloid. No. Celluloid film, okay. Step three. Scan each color channel. Read red, green, and blue from time, four times to produce a vivid image. True to the film which naturally captures color better than digital sensors. Step four. Edit the film frame from frame by frame. Techniques manual... Uh, Technicians manually correct for color 
discrep no this discrepan discrepancies and remove blotches and other signs of age. This can take up to a year. Holy crow. Step five. Compress the digital files. The MPEG-4 compression often used by Blu-ray is better than other methods at creating a small file while while preserving the original detail. Instant export launch your quick and easy primer premiere on just about everything at Okay. That was it? What's that though? Well, he, the guy said, go keep going, so what, just click next to see the next one, I'm confused. Whatever, but still. Okay, so that's how that works. I love how we went from Indiana Jones, to the droid, to edit droid, to digitally remastering something. <laughs> or to, yeah, to digitally remaster something. Yeah, popular science. Okay. So the process of, of turning classic to HD. Okay. Wow. Okay. So that's that. Wow. We talked for a while. Wow. Forty-five minutes. See, I got forty-five minutes out of it. There you go. See. Um. Yeah. Cause that's the thing. From what I hear. In a tape, you cannot digitally remaster because there's nothing you can do to make it better because it's physically baked into the. For what I understand, digitally baked into the tape, and you can't make it better. You can digitally. You can convert it to digital, and then you can use software that kind of tricks it into making it look like it's better. But it's but you can't make it better than it was recorded on. Film, you can actually make it look crisper, cleaner, no, um, you know, scratches, no dust, no, oh, okay, that's, well, okay. I mean, I learned something today. You see three colors, and, oh, wow, okay. Yeah, so, I think that'll be it for now, guys. Um, this is Taco Imposters for March 3rd, 2020. Um, if you want to get in touch, like if you want to ask questions or talk to me on, on, on Discord or Patreon or or, or um, support me on Patreon, links in the description, but email for questions at tacoimposters at gmail.com. Um, yeah. I think that'll be it for now, guys, so, adios, mi amigos.